0: Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the fallout from 2019 is 2020, the straw apocalypse? So we'll talk a little bit about what are your straw options going into next year with a little bit of wheat that was planted. In our spotlight, we'll talk about hemp and update on some pesticides that were approved for that crop. Ag History Minute, we'll talk about Wisconsin's history with wheat. Cool Beans, that's corny We'll have some current events You applied what? It's my turn to see if I can trick you guys And outstanding in our field We've got a goat farmer So with me today are Max Garvey
1: What's up everybody?
0: He's on the phone Bill Schaumberg. Hey guys And Todd Schaumberg. Hello to all you tilties out there And I'm Matt Brueger, All with Tilth
2: Agronomy So how was your Christmas guys? It's pretty good Always goes fast and a little fog there, so Rudolph got his workout. Yeah, no, uh,
0: I think Rudolph was in high demand because yeah. driving home Christmas Eve. I wish I had yeah. Rudolph. You think
3: he has LED guiding in my that thing or not? I, <laughs> yeah, that was it. Was bad. It was like white Christmas, but not the white Christmas. Yeah. Like I would take snow over that any day. Yeah, I honestly
0: oh, thought there sure. was a blackout because you could not see lights almost anywhere until you got right up on them. Like, it seemed
2: like there was no light to be found.
1: It definitely made for an interesting drive Christmas Eve. That's, that's for sure.
2: At least it was night. You know, you can see the lights, where in the daytime you got to, like, assume you see lights and then try to find the vehicle. So at least at night it was, you know, the lights are there.
3: Driving Christmas Eve night back from a place at around 9-ish, guy passing trying to get through like who passes in that kind of stuff because it was like two sets of lights coming and it's like whoa that's not good that's not good so got to get it on the shoulder a little bit and they made it back over but yeah I was just like are you kidding me like why why are we driving like idiots
0: not even driving in the country like you know there's a stop sign coming but you can't see it till you're about 10 feet from it so just gotta hope you don't blow by it.
3: Talking to some of the older people there, they're like, oh, we'll make it back. It's okay. We've got GPS navigation in the car, so we know where the next intersection is. We just watch that. I'm like, oh, it's not a dumb idea. But uh, but it can be off way. by yeah, like, <laughs> a little bit.
0: Like, oh, okay, we're in the intersection. and parked in the middle of it, but, you know, yeah. we made it.
2: Until Dasher, Dancer, and Prancer go across the road and yeah. you've got 10 feet to decide what you're going to do. Yeah. Right. So,
0: what was what were your favorite gifts this Christmas,
2: Max? What did what did Sierra get you this year?
1: Uh, well, uh, hopefully she's not listening to this, but she actually did not give me my favorite gift. My favorite gift came from my grandma. You guys are gonna laugh. This is gonna be really good. I'm getting old. But I can tell. Uh, my favorite gift this year was an ice bucket. <laughs> nice. For for entertaining, you know, yes. I love. It. Love, love having the ice bucket. Little
2: Yeti cooler oh, there?
0: I, I thought maybe you got it dumped over you. <laughs>
1: no. Grandma's enough. like, ice bucket challenge! Last last year, Grandma got me the copper cups for the Moscow Mule, and this year she got me the matching copper ice bucket.
0: So what, you're, what you're saying is Grandma's an enabler at this point? Yes.
1: yes. Yeah. yeah, very much so. Absolutely.
2: Bill, what, did, yeah. what was your... I'm going to go with something we got my son was pretty... You know, as as you get older and your kids get older, it's more about them, right? It's not about what you get. Mine was pretty boring. I wanted a, a toolbox for the garage, so the wife and I went to Menard's and she's like, Which one? And I'm like, Oh, this one. So it's kinda of boring that way. We picked it out. But uh, last um winter you guys actually were at the Forge Council annual meeting. I wasn't able to make it and there was a Josh Hader autographed yeah, baseball that was there. The yep. Me and yep. Dad got it. Yeah. Yep. And uh and so I said, well, you know, we'll go ahead, and I had a dollar limit, and it went way under that. So that was cool, but we wrapped it up for him, and, and his jaw about hit the ground when he when he opened it. And he, I didn't tell him what it was. He had to look at it, and and the, the, the signature. Could he read the signature? Yeah, yeah. Well, the signature was really hard, but he, he wrote, like... 2018 All Star or whatever on it, and then he signed his name. And then he he realized what it was, and his jaw dropped pretty good. And the cool part is, he they've been watching Sandlot a lot, and and on Sandlot, they they steal the the dad's, it was a Babe uh, Ruth Ruth ball. So he had some of that going on. That side, so that was pretty cool. That was a cool dad moment there, yeah. So hopefully a giant dog doesn't eat his, yeah, his no, Josh I, It's ball. in his room. Right? He, yeah, he, he didn't he pull it out it, and use it or anything. No, he took it again. right downstairs. He got it put right it on right. his where he's got all of his bobbleheads and stuff. So nice. Yep.
3: Todd, what about you? Yeah, it was just I got a desk, so that was cool. Sweet. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the kids so enjoyed I everything, which it. was cool. Yeah. It was good. It was good. How about you, Matt? Yeah, no,
0: I uh kids got some fun stuff. My son got an alien that you can dissect. Ooh. It was like slime inside. Yeah, he was, that was like his his favorite. Uh, my wife actually got me a VR headset, so that was Ooh, gonna be cool. cool. Yeah, oh, that's cool. So I I uh, was showing that off to some some of my in laws on Christmas Day. So
1: Sweet. I actually I actually have to say my grandma she came through actually really good twice for me. She got me a um she took a picture of our farm up here in northern Wisconsin to a um to a painter and had a, a custom painting made of our farm for me to hang on the wall. So that was really cool.
3: Nice. that's was sweet.
1: So I was really, I was, that was, that was one of those misty eyed presents. No, it was really cool. Like the family, you know, the, like the family history that goes with it. So.
2: We had a, a relative that did that for my, our grandparents farmstead like 50 years ago or 20, 30 years ago. I was young, so it's probably forty years ago. Now that I am seeing all these who, who different who got numbers. that
3: picture because that was always
2: it was always hanging in there. Yeah, entryway, And yeah. that
3: was cool. It's like you say, it's iconic. That way, it's cool. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We were looking at my my grandparents' house on Christmas Eve. There, they have an old picture of the farm, and then I actually with um, one of our drones took a picture a few years ago and gave it to them, so updated it and we're comparing. You know, okay, that's where this was, yep. and because it did. It's amazing how much things change over the years. So So, yeah. Well I'm glad everybody had a good Christmas. Let's roll into talking about what our options are. So a little bit of wheat got planted this fall, but you know, unless you were in a sandier area, I don't think you really had much of a window. A lot of guys were planting it on the late side, so even the stuff that's out there, we don't really know what, what it's gonna be. Um, so, what alternatives do we have out there for this year?
3: Man, I liked your name, the straw-mageddon. Strawpocalypse. Oh, Straw Mageddon. Straw Apocalypse. Oh, okay. That was my. Okay. <laughs> I have Straw You had Straw Apocalypse. So, I don't know what else we could do. Um, straw Catastrophe. Straw Catastrophe. It doesn't really fit, straw. does it?
1: Strawgate. <laughs> straw, <yeah.
3: laughs> Strawgate 2020. What do we even do? <laughs> no, it, it's not good out there. And, and just even the alternatives we usually use to get stocks of some kind, whether it's soybean, you know, straw or or corn stalk bedding, it, it's been so wet you can't even
2: get that and get good quality of it to really use. Well, and this year with so much corn silage being chopped, the stocks weren't there to take either. You know, I've got some accounts that have a lot large acres and usually they combine thousand acres or so and take some for stocks and they chopped everything. So they didn't even have the opportunity to do that this year and now you know there's corn coming off now do you try to
3: what i've seen with it now is just the snow out there and how wet even the soil is it it's not good enough quality and dry enough to really use as a as a bedding source
1: the the limited beans we had this year which was very limited and like you said we've had a hard time getting those baled. even what we have been able to get baled, how short were the beans this year compared to most years so we had Less acres and shorter beans, which less straw to go with it. So we really didn't. There really wasn't an avenue that worked out very well for us this year.
3: Yeah, so it's unfortunate. This fall hasn't been good. It hasn't been good to get the the wheat planted or anything. Rye, a winter crop. So yeah, looking at the next spring. You know, I like doing oats, rye, um, or barley. Spring wheat isn't my favorite in our area. We don't have a lot of markets for that. And even really, to be honest, rye and barley isn't as marketable. Um, Oats is really probably the only one you have a true, you know, you you can take it to the elevator and there's a market for it. Um, But what are you guys thinking for planting? plant? I'm going kind of heavy in oats and barley in those two, Um, but even that way the straw amount we get there usually is only a ton or a ton and a half versus wheat where we're getting usually above that, a ton and a half to two ton of wheat straw. So it's it's going to be a fix, but not, it's not ever perfect. I mean, there's a reason we plant a lot of winter wheat is because it works well and we like that straw and it yields well. And um, all these alternatives always seem to yield a little bit less and we just don't, it's leaving something there always that we're, we're wanting.
0: Yeah, and no, I, I, I've i got a couple of farms that are looking at oats, Um, mm-hmm. seeing, trying to get it in in the spring right away. There's a little, little more cool season, so we want to get it, Get it in before it gets too hot, and give it a chance to kind of get going. And yeah, I like um, your idea
3: of going soup as early as you can. Right, on oats. early. Like yeah. you know, if it's March and the weather's right, you can go. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've even got talking to some people about trying to frost seed some oats. Um, not only does it work as a cover crop, but because um, we didn't get a lot of those in this year either. But if you are looking for the straw and the things. Um, can be give you a little bit of jump on and getting out there and I've I've seen it work, you know, in the right conditions. Obviously, you don't want to plant it in a wet hole that's gonna drown out. Right. But um if you got some higher ground, maybe some lighter ground, um, frost seeding might be a good option to get it out there early.
3: I saw a drill rolling last week and I still can't figure out what it was plant like what would they be planting even? Yeah, I I, had, I no idea. I, I had
0: a farm down by Amro that uh, put in some winter rye. Okay, last, sure. Um, last week,
3: and that could have been what they were you know, and and, so and you endure. could still get that vernalization,
0: potes- yep, you know, if it potentially. germinates, yeah. right? It's
2: supposed to be almost fifty again over the weekend, and if it's fifty, yeah, miles, it might germinate now. <laughs> fifty miles south yet of where we're at, it might be warmer than that. And I'm in the same boat, Matt. As we're struggling here, we talked for hours with guys about what to do, and um, oh, it seems to be the one we kind of land on. um spring wheat just i don't think we can get it planted soon enough in our heavier soils even um, i had a gentleman try spring wheat a handful of years ago in the sand and he got it planted in in march and it maybe got two foot tall if that sure. and the head was pretty poor so not only did he not get any um any uh grain from it he didn't get any straw so it just seems like um that's the best seems like the best option if you can get in early if you get in late, rust comes on, and you know just those kinds of things you get problems with and then what do you do do you put um do you put uh nitrogen on it because you don't want it to lodge? it always seems like it lodges oats due right before you want to harvest, so you know watch that too with heavily manured those kinds of things
0: yeah that's that's a good point Billy you know we got a lot of manure and so if it was kind of watered down, but still having fields that are heavily manured, and then we try to put on oats that could. If cause you're planning some on going
3: corn and then go to oats, it could be a problem. Bill, any thoughts on going winter wheat? You know, a field that was winter wheat last year going oats this year. Or any watch-outs that way? You've seen
2: nothing i've I've seen, but there again, if it was if it was winter wheat last year, it probably got manure on it. Yeah, you know, because we wanted so to get the manure thing. out. So watch that, um, and then. I think if you're gonna grow oats, you gotta put you gotta you know I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth here, but I think you still got to put a little bit of nitrogen on, or you're gonna see um,
3: the yield part is tricky on it. Yeah. Is like I said, when we're trying to yield like we are winter wheat, you yeah nitrogen management on it, and I've and had really feeding it even probably the sulfur part. Yeah, I've had, had really
2: good luck with just a hundred pounds of AMS. Yeah, don't put urea, just hundred pounds of AMS. It's twenty some units of nitrogen, a little bit of sulfur, and And you're good to go max you were talking about spring triticale
1: yeah i like i like the idea of spring triticale for um some of the dairies um just because if we get to a certain point in the year and we're like we're we're short on feed that triticale we just we just pull the trigger on that and we're going to cut it and chop it and use it as a forage um instead of a instead of as a straw and i know that's not really the point of the conversation but um it comes i mean it comes down to fitting in your rotation right i mean it we can't we can't kill ourselves to make straw when our cows are hungry so um but then the other thing with spring triticale that we have a couple guys doing is they don't they don't harvest the grain they just they go out with a mower when it you know they let it get as dry as you would for grain and then they just go with a mower mow it down and uh chop it that way um just you know take a step out um I guess you get a lot, it definitely has a lot of straw to give you, so. That's
3: used for feed, Max, or ever no. for bedding?
1: Um, That's more for a a, um, a feed straw. Yeah. I don't, but I don't you're, know. you're right, though,
3: thinking to, of it that way of, like, we can do it that way for feed straw. Yeah, there might be a little grain in there, but so what? It's going in for feed anyway. Right. So you're right, when when we're talking about straw, the one first thing to look at is, are you going to bed with it or are you going to feed it? Um, and you can have two different solutions for, for each of those things.
2: Then the thing to think about there, too, guys, is if we're making soybean straw, if we're making corn stalks, probably not the kind of stuff we want to put in the feed ration, right? No, right. right and right. so if we can make the alternative, like Max is talking about here at the spring trit, put that in your feed ration and then use that lower-quality stuff as your, you're bedding. as your bedding for yep. your calves or yeah. whatever you know kind of you can mix and match what you're what you're doing
1: are are you guys really adjusting your planting rates um you know straw versus um forage or are you kind of holding a flat rate and just seeing where it shakes out
2: i'm kind of pushing it both ways i mean you want to get as high high tons as you can and and high uh, grain yield if you're taking it to grain so i no i think we're keeping this, this spring max, um, does spring triticale, Max, does a planting rate change versus like a fall trit or something like that? Or is it pretty much consistent?
1: I, I think for the most part, just because we're trying to keep, like you said, keeping those forage yields high, we're keeping it pretty close. It's not changing much. And the other thing is every guy kind of has their own thoughts on how it should be. Um, so for But for the most part, like you said, we're pushing it pretty much no matter what.
3: I think where I've been trying to decide is when I got spring seeding potentially with, like, oats. Yeah, Then I've been pulling it way back, you know, down to even a bushel of oats or something like that. Um, But other than that reason, like you say, I'm going two-plus bushel a lot of times. And, you know, obviously look at the bag and the different product. You might have a different rate, but trying to push that and versus wheat. I think part of the reason we do get the good wheat yield is because of tillering. And it tends to to stool out more, whereas a lot of these products aren't that way. I don't think they tiller as much, so then it, it's back to your planting rates. So the higher you plant, typically the more heads you do get and and um it does better that way. Any other planting rates that well, you guys like? Something
2: or? a little different, but it's talking about that spring seeding is I did that on we did that on a farm last year where um we did peas and oats and new seeding, and then he wanted some acres or it was just peas and oats. So where it was the new seeding, we cut that peas and oats back to like 70 pounds to the acre or less. And then where it was just going to be peas and oats, we went like 125. Yep. Because we were nervous about that stuff lodging and affecting the seeding. So where it was just peas and oats, and then we we took that off, and then we put sorghum in, and this was all for feeding, it wasn't for straw, but just same concept as if if you've got that new seeding on there, especially because we know our alfalfa that we have in the ground today isn't very good. So we don't want to wreck anything that we plant next spring. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense.
0: And um, one last thing I think to tie it up would just be, if you are um, going to grow this as forage, and then you're thinking about bedding with like corn stalks or soybean straw, remember you're taking that much extra nutrient off that field when you harvest that straw and you harvest that, <clears throat> and even when you're harvesting these crops, if you're taking the straw. So make sure you're planning for that in your next crop so that you don't come up short on your corn or whatever you, you put in after.
2: It's an easy thing to forget, Matt.
0: Yeah.
3: So, all right. So are we going straw or... I don't know I like my straw
2: apocalypse. Straw because of the price, guys. That's the problem too, yeah, is yeah. what you can get is so it's expensive. Nuts. It's like hay prices now two twenty, two ten. Yeah, just well the, uh,
0: even wheat's been climbing yeah. just because of the fact that there's not much out there. So the, the wheat price, you know, we we kinda looked at it as a cheap cover crop sometimes. Well might not be quite as cheap next year. So all right. So that wraps up our straw talk. Do do we need a straw pole? to uh, see if we need to move on. on or no? Okay.
3: I. <laughs>
0: nay. All right, so let's move into our spotlight for today. And today's spotlight, were, you know, a couple weeks ago we talked about some hemp and uh, what to do with it. Well, last Thursday, EPA approved 10 pesticides for use on industrial hemp, so we do have some, some options more than we had last year and the year before. To do with hemp,
3: it is more. We had no options. Yeah, so it's, one is have, more than. Yeah, um, one is more we than. We have none.
0: options. Um, so nine biopesticides and one conventional pesticide were approved by the EPA, and um, EPA is looking forward to hopefully processing additional applications for approvals as they are filed. So um, most of it has to do with nematodes and fungus, the things that they put out there. Um,
3: yeah, so yeah, they seem very, um, like you said, biopesticides. So they're not necessarily what we're always used to using, but um, hopefully could be okay tools just to help where where you had no tools before. You know, we basically got a crescent wrench. I yep. Know. Yeah, and, and insecticide, to
0: too, was, was one well. of them. So at least they have an insect option for. Um, any pests that
3: we might see out there so but bill do you recognize any of these active ingredients I mean not no no and they're all
2: EPA numbers at this point so be curious to see the person who um, has to come the marketing department that comes up with the names of these things so maybe it'll be our uh, you applied what at at some some point point, here yeah but uh yeah good to get new tools
0: yeah so good news for for hemp i guess move it into 2020
2: so go to epa EPA epa.gov and uh check it out
1: if any of you uh marketing whizzes or people are listening i do do custom contracts for naming rights just (laughs) let me know
3: you got any good hemp ideas max what's your what's your hemp insecticide uh
1: i think blazed it would be a good one um
3: smoked it the insecticide i think
0: could be
1: munchies
3: Munchies,
2: there you oh, go. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> case uh, of the munchies. Case
0: of the munchies. Yeah, the bugs are in there chewing on it. Let's get them. Spray some munchies. <laughs>
1: Every time they eat a plant, they just get hungrier. It's weird. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, they just—it's like doubling. The, it's yeah. like spinach and Popeye. They're just going crazy.
2: They don't get rid of them. They get stronger.
0: <laughs> Ooh, all right. Got that banjo moving down the river means it's time to move into our Ag History Minute. So since we're talking about straw options, I thought we'd look at the history of wheat. So wheat was Wisconsin's first major agricultural crop. Uh, most of the people who came here to be farmers wanted to grow wheat because it was a low planting cost and high rate of return. The development of mechanical agriculture implements better suited to prairie conditions allowed wheat to expand dramatically in the 1850s, and it was the... Wisconsin had the second highest wheat yield in the U.S. by 1860. Over the next five years, Wisconsin farmers would harvest 100 million bushels, more than two-thirds of which were exported. Wheat production peaked in 1870, but signs of decline had already been evident as early as the 1850s, and from there, you know, we just were planting wheat on wheat on wheat, and... That's not a very good rotation <laughs> to keep planting the same thing over and over again. So we are seeing diminished returns and kind of led to going away from wheat and an increase in dairy production.
2: Mega farms, right? Okay. I don't think they had mega any. 1800s. Farms.
0: Yeah. 1800s mega farms was like 20 cattle, probably. Yeah, I hate that word. So yeah, just thought that was kind of an interesting tidbit of Wisconsin history that we were the second biggest wheat producer at one time. So.
3: You wonder if the straw produced was you know. What well, we got of the straw, let's get some more cattle so we can yeah let them lay on it. There was no yeah. straw apocalypse not, no. no. not then eighteen fifty, not then. A lot of it was probably we, left out in the field. So yeah,
1: where do we rank now? We were second highest at one point. Where what are we now?
2: Ah, uh, that's a good question, Max. I'm not sure. Where I would
1: assume we're pretty far down the list at this point,
2: especially with the Dakotas and kansas and nebraska and all those central yeah a lot of the
0: plain states are big
2: matt's firing up the google machine so maybe he can find something states that produce the most wheat that seems like i'm
1: i'm waiting with bated breath
0: so kansas north dakota Ah (laughs) Uh, Ad pop-ups.
3: I don't need any of whatever this is you're selling me. Would you like a drug that they're trying to sell you? I can't seem to find the the X to get out of it either. (laughs) That's what they do now. They hide it so small that you can't get out of it. Uh, Washington.
2: Not a state I I would thought it would be up there. uh, Are we in the top 10, Matt?
0: So other, let's see. uh, Nope. So top 10 are Kansas. North Dakota. So that's one, two, uh, Washington, Montana, Oklahoma, Idaho, Colorado, Minnesota, Texas, and Oregon.
1: Dang. There we have
3: it. Your top 10.
1: The first time we've ever been behind Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Tell them to get us some more straw. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Come on, guys. Ship it this way,
2: straw. Row your boat over here with some straw. Yeah. We'll
0: lend you an axe since you lost yours <laughs> if you give us some straw. Oh, <laughs> too,
2: <soon. laughs> too soon.
0: Too soon? Too soon. soon. Oh, all right. All right, Todd, let's uh, hear a little bit about NAICC. Yeah,
3: thank you to all your Tilties out there listening, and if you like what you're hearing, go to NAICC.org, which is the National Alliance of Independent Crop Consultants. Us here at Tilth Agronomy are independent crop consultants. Uh, we don't sell any products. Uh, We just talk about um, our service and provide that. So if you're interested, please go there and find your independent crop consultant in your area. All right. With that, let's shift into Cool Beans or that's corny.
0: Cool Beans? Cool Beans. Cool Beans.
1: Cool Beans. All
0: right. So our Cool Beans for today. Soybean futures futures are headed up. So with talk of a trade deal, um, purchases from China increasing, we've got Potential for some better soybean prices in 2020, so that's our cool
2: beans. That's really cool, guys. That is that literally, cool beans. For yeah, that. literally, it's the, it fits
3: it's the coolest part of the beans. It's
1: the coolest bean we've had.
3: Yes,
0: and that's corny. Is unfortunately looking into January milk prices are headed down. So we peaked here in December, and uh, not too far of a drop. But right now, projections are somewhere in the seventeen seventeen fifty range. Uh, dropping from almost twenty dollars down that to that, so um,
3: yeah hopefully still better being, than fifteen futures that it could still change hopefully right but hopefully yeah, we'll we
0: 'll see a trend up I think twenty twenty in general is uh looking up in terms of if you looked at the whole year, um, but you know right now we're we 're kind of at the peak and we 're going to settle out a little bit, so
2: my gut tells me the feed we made in twenty nineteen is not good feed, and that those prices may change because of milk production. and will go down. I, yeah, I don't yeah, know what ever would have gave you that impression. Because yeah. <laughs> we were harvesting water the whole year.
0: <laughs> yeah, we should have gone into rice, I guess. Put in some rice patties, more cranberries. More All right. cranberries. So let's move into you applied. What? What did you do? So I guess it's my turn. So I've got some products here for you. And we're going to see if you can figure out which one is not like the others. So this week, we're going to talk about Acetylchlor. Yep. And for your options here, we have Confidence, Summit, Degree, and Surpass. So what do you think, guys? Who's going to guess first? I'm going to
1: say Confidence is the odd one out.
0: Okay, Max is good. Got confidence in confidence I'm not being the right one. I'm going to with max
2: Ooh. confidence. I know degree, and I'm pretty sure degree and surpass. surpass are the easy. Summit, and... that's right. I'll,
3: I'll, I'll go Summit because Kay. I agree it's either of those two.
0: Well, your confidence was misplaced, boys. Uh, confidence is man. acetylchlor oh. as our degree and surpass. You're right. Uh, Summit was the is actually a chemical company that makes garden chemicals and oh. some fungicides. Tricky today, Matt. Yeah, so so confidence, degree, and surpass where your Ac- we're your acetylchloras. Um, so as always, knowing the active ingredient can help a lot. And there are so many different trade names. Always make sure you read the label. So, Good
1: try. Good try.
0: <laughs> so now our last segment for the day, we're going to go out to our field reporter. Today, outstanding in our field, we have Guy Olay. And he is I think a, it was guy. It, guy. It looks like guy, but he's from Todd. Montreal. So oh, okay. I think, you you have a friend, guy, right? But he's yeah. not from Montreal. He is so not, he's a guy.
2: He's little guy. He's a guy. There's big guy and little guy. Okay. <laughs> okay. He was little guy. Gotcha.
1: All right, so we're talking to ghee, like the butter, like ghee butter, you
2: know.
0: <laughs> yeah, or or you know the isn't that what they call the the karate thing a ghee? Oh like yeah, karate yeah, right. ghee? yeah, I don't think All it's right. spelled All the
3: right. same way. But right. I'm sure it's not. All right, I'll get him online yeah, here. Yeah, bring him up. Hello. How you doing, Gee, Guy? What's going on? Yeah,
2: Oh, you're right, Max. Uh, he's Guy. <laughs> My name is Guy. Guy Ole. But it was spelled G U G U I, so not Guy? Uh, no, you. I am French. You see, we pronounce it a bit differently.
0: Silly Americans, right? Yeah, don't get me started. <coughs> <laughs> I am originally from Montreal, Quebec, uh, but now I live near Chilton, Wisconsin. Uh, we used to run the state. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, the French, we found your Wisconsin, and then uh, we gave it back to you.
2: A well, that's very nice of you, Guy. <laughs> Thank you for giving it back. <laughs> We didn't have it in the first place, (laughs) but thanks for giving it to us.
0: You're welcome. I'm a goat farmer. I have 200 milking goats. Is that a big farm, Guy? It's big for me. Uh, The goats, they do not produce the same amount of milk as your dairy cows, and they are smaller.
2: So in order to get better production, you need more goats. How many... uh, workers do you have on your farm for Uh, those 200 goats? I have myself and uh, about three other
0: people that we work with. Most of our milk goes for cheese. We enjoy the goat cheese. You can put it on your pizza. It's
2: very good. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I've had it, yeah. Really? Yeah, it's pretty good. There's a specialty company that makes specialty pizzas and feta Delicious, Nice. I, it I, do the love, name. I do love the feta cheese.
3: Mixed with cow, like they make the cow milk mixed with goat milk. Yeah. Cheese, that is good stuff right there. I don't care how you use it.
0: Just <laughs> buy it. It's great for me. Uh, you know, we it's a little bit different than your dairy cow. We have four to eight pounds of milk per goat per day. And uh, they lactate for up to 10 months.
2: Four to eight pounds—that's a lot different than our eighty to ninety-pound deer cows. But I bet you your feed costs and your feed uh, amounts—you just don't have to produce as much feed or manure, right? Yes, they do not uh, poop as much as the dairy cow, and they
0: eat a lot of forage and some grain. Uh, So it's lower inputs
2: for a more premium product. Do you wear headphones? In the parlor with the goats always bellering? No, I love it. You love it? It's the sound of money.
0: I love to hear the goats go,
3: Any last uh, things for our listeners out there, Guy? No, just uh, keep drinking
2: the goat milk and the goat cheese. and uh, Thank you very much. Matt, you got back from being outside for a minute. Anything you wanted to ask, Guy? No, no, I think I uh, think I'm good. We covered I, it. I, I think we're good. Thanks, Guy. Yeah, thank you. You're guy. welcome.
0: Thank you. Goodbye.
1: Bye, Guy. Yeah, what a nice guy.
0: Yeah, a little bit snooty, but you know, you get that sometimes. It was we... nice
3: he gave us our state back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think cool. he's uh, a little confused on his history. I, I don't think he gave it back to us. We just kind of inherited it <laughs> from the uh, the British, but you know, teach their own. So I guess with that, we'll wrap her up. So we talked about some different straw options as we move into 2020 with the potential straw apocalypse. We have some new hemp options. Actually, just some options with hemp as far as uh, some pesticides being approved. We talked about the history of Wisconsin wheat. Our cool beans for the day with soybean prices headed up. That's corny Was milk prices headed down. We talked about acetylchlor's and metgiole, the... Montreal goat farmer. I think he was my favorite
2: in outstanding in the field. Favorite one, one so far. Yes, so right. far, yeah. So thanks for being here, guys. Thank you. Good thanks for having Matt.
1: us, Matt. Yeah,
2: and
0: uh, as always, happy farming.